Hello, and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. This is episode number, I don't even know. 310. 310. Is it? Holy crap. Wow. Whoa. I've been doing this a long time. Coming in hot for this one. Yeah, yeah. You can tell we're very high energy today. What's Jake's bit going to be? Did Jake learn that he's pregnant? I don't think Jake has a bit. I think Jake's tired. This is, this is, this is, yes. No. All right, so yeah, today we're going to talk about two episodes. Sorry, this isn't boring enough. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about two episodes of Star Trek Voyager. And those episodes are Shattered and Lineage. My name is Jake, and I'm joined today by... I wish I knew the name of some NPR presenter, because I'd claim to be them. This is Chris. This is Ames, but I'm from the past Ames. Ah. And I'm Caitlin. That's all. Shrugs. I'm Caitlin. Shruggies. <laughs> can't tell what the bit is in our first episode shattered we are joining chakotay stealing liquor from himself from himself i suppose uh in the cargo bay he stumbles in on Icheb and naomi playing games puddle puzzle games i believe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they uh and chakotay manages to take a bottle of cider that he'd been hiding away Yum. He instructs the children not to tell Neelix about his hiding space. Oh, you are going to make this as boring as possible, aren't you? And the children agree to uh, keep that secret safe. He then proceeds to uh, Captain Janeway's oh, quarters. Oh, I see. He's, he's acting like not the rest of the episode didn't happen because nothing because it canceled itself out. I, I found it, Jake. <laughs> That's not even what I was doing. Oh, no. Oh, I was no. literally just trying was, to it was, do I, it as boring as possible. I figured you were because it was boring. That's why I figured you were doing Did that. Did you find it boring? I liked this episode. I I'm doing a... My bit is that I'm boring. I'm doing a boring <laughs> thing. It has nothing to do with the show. What's it's just a thing on? I'm doing. I mean, honestly, I would listen to you, like, read bedtime stories in that tone of voice. Oh, so you could fall asleep. Mm. Yeah, like, you should so probably... So you agree it's boring. You should probably just start a second podcast your own, just like Jake reads you to sleep. Mm. They have podcasts. Yeah, I was going to say, I know, but he could get in already on that. Exists. There's no point. I, th- there's always room for more. Anyway. All right. I guess we'll pick it up since y'all are ruining my... Uh, I was enjoying it. Fine. It's taking way too long. Sure. You were right, in so scene goes, one. <laughs> so he goes to the captain's quarters and they're going to have dinner, I guess. So, uh, But then there's a thing. There's some oh, kind of, no. They get, they get called to the bridge because there's a... Red alert. There's a red alert. There's some kind of temporal fuck face. <laughs> and Jamie's like, all right, I'll go to the bridge. Chakotay, you go to engineering and help out down there. So they do. And then... Chakotay gets electrocuted. Whoopsies. But he gets like... In the face. He gets, yeah, he gets like oldified. Not in the fun way. Um, and then he... And then Wait, Bilana, This is what happens when Ames has full calf coffee, I think. I don't... No, this is still uh, two-fifths calf. Anyway. We're still in scene Yeah, one. so... We're still uh, in the teaser. Yeah, so God damn it. electrocuted. Well, you keep interrupting with different things. Uh... <laughs> So, uh, he gets electrocuted, Bilana, he's gonna die, so she beams him to sickbay, and then he wakes up in sickbay, and it's the doctor, and he treats him, and, and, uh, he's like, alright, we gotta figure out what's going on wrong with the ship. Let's go, Doc, and Doc's like, I can't go, I'm stuck in sickbay, you asshole. And <laughs> Chakotay's like... Rub it in, why don't you? Chakotay's like, well, put on your mobile emitter, let's go. 
He's like, I don't. What? What do you? What? Oh, mobile emitter. Ha ha. <laughs> nice joke, dickwad. And then Chakotay's like, huh, that's weird. Uh, Doctor doesn't seem to know, remember shit. Something's fucked. So then he starts wandering around the ship, goes to the bridge, and everyone's like immediately like, arrest this man. He's a Maquis spy. And and he's like, what? I'm I'm the first officer. Who are all you people? Aren't you dead? No. Um, Was Staddy there? I miss Staddy. No. Um, Daddy? Who? Staddy. She was the beta soy helms the helms person. Oh, but sure no, she they was. they mentioned her. They yeah, they, so they actually was like, oh, she she just disappeared down a hallway. So oh. so she already got eaten by the anomaly. How? Well, good thing they fixed shit because that would have broke shit even worse. So anyway, stuff happens, and as we come to find out, the ship. Because of this temporal anomaly, the ship has been split up into different sections that are in different time periods. So, uh, but it seems like, like and they're like, oh, there's some some odd number of things. Uh, and, but it turns out, like, it's really just, like, various events that happened on the show. So it's, like, a little bit clip showy, but not. I thought I was thinking a that, weird, too. A weird twist on a clip show. Because, like, it's, you know, we, we, we see... The time when Seska and the and the Kazon stole the ship. We see the macro virus. Yeah, looking much better than it did before. Yeah, but it's still bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we have, yeah, just a bunch of things. You know, Scorpion got 7. Scorpion 7. Love it. And then, and then, like, we find the kids, and they're hanging out, but they're old now. They're adults, and each has got a completely new face. <laughs> and, uh, Which is probably for the best. Yeah, yeah. I was shipping them. Not when they were little, when they were adults. When they were little, I was not shipping them, because that would be hugely inappropriate. But once you're an adult, the rules change a little. Yeah, it's still weird, though, to, like, date the girl you babysat. Who played Jigsaw Puzzle with. But to be fair, he was in a maturation chamber, so he's not really actually... She might actually be older than him, chronologically. We don't know. This has gotten very weird. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's also, like, only... Five. That's true. She aged real fast. She aged real fast. So she's actually younger than she looks. And he's also younger than he looks, but not, I don't know. Bring back Mazzotti is what I'm saying. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The she good was great. Uh, Anywho, yeah, so it turns out that, yeah, the ship's been broken up and we need to do, Chakotay needs to get to engineering and we need to inject all the gel packs on the ship with this special time juice that the, the doctor packs. made. I love when the gel packs get brought up. Mm. So Chakotay and Janeway from Caretaker have to team up and go all around the ship injecting gel packs with juice to, to fix up the ship and then they need to the last step they have to do is Chakotay has to do something in engineering which whoops is occupied by Seska that bitch that so, wily bitch I love her <laughs> yeah yeah and I think I think the mess hall was in the present day I think that seemed was, to be yeah. yeah it seemed to be the only place that was in yeah, the present short, day yeah shortly after the anomaly yeah. shenanigan yeah. happened Shenanigan. You don't often yeah, hear about only one So we want to we want to undo that. Um, oh, yeah, that was a bummer, Ruski, huh? Yeah. So anyway, we managed to all of the people from the different time zones team up to uh, to defeat Seska in a Avengers like mashup of heroes, and it works. And they're able to restore the timeline, Hooray. and everything's good. And, and Chakotay. Uh, manages to turn the deflector dish into a lightning rod, and that that works. So Anything all... you do with the deflector dish always works. Yep. 
No matter what. It could be a salad bowl. It would be the best fucking salad bowl you've ever seen. If you could combine the deflector dish with Borg nanoprobes, you'd have an unstoppable force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because both are... Okay, the deflector dish, nanoprobes, and the transporter somehow combine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you create God. I like <laughs> that somehow in this episode, nanoprobes weren't the answer to everything. True. They weren't like the one MacGuffin they always seem to I mean, use on Voyager. to be fair... Chronotons uh, is a different thing. Um... <laughs> Seven of Nine did suggest assimilating them to, I speed, love that. to speed up their work. Borg Seven is is super fun. Because like she's legitimately trying to be helpful. She yeah. is. And she, it's logical. Almost. She even she even wasn't trying to like get them into the main collective. She's like, oh, you make your own little mini collective. Little tiny collective. Well, you know, little little collective for happy, a treat. Happy little collective. Yeah. So this was like completely goofy in a way I was okay with. Yeah. It felt like fanfic done well because it's like yeah let's have a little bit of Seska because why not no suitor though fuckers um he was busy filming Lord of the Rings at this point oh was that was that actually you know he might have been I was kidding but now that I think about it this would have been like late 2000 probably so they were he may have been off filming Lord of the Rings I love him yeah so a little bit a little like like tasting platter of like references fans will get, but in a way that like makes sense for the episode. It's not just making references and, make, and treating them like the jokes, like certain other series yeah. I could mention. Lower decks, <coughs> or you yeah, know, not as jokes, but just you know, Picard season three. <laughs> you like Picard season three? When it's one episode, it's okay. When it's your whole fucking season, it's a little exhausting. Wow. I think it's it's very good and a great coincidence, I guess, that all of our main heroes were only were were only in one of the time frames. Yeah, like we never got you know. There's not two Tom Paris's. That would have been fun because yeah. like there was in caretaker times he was on the bridge, but in present day he was in the mess hall. So that that was one thing was uh, at the very end, you know, when the like you said, Jake, the sort of Avengers chrono team shows up that was good and made sense thematically obviously mm. but for a split second because she had made a reference to like janeway i was expecting another janeway to rush in and mm. fuck seska up while she yeah, held other janeway hostage that would have been awesome to have like when they're in the dr chaotica scene fabulous to have um captain proton walk in and be like oh hey tom i'm not tom i'm captain proton right now wink wink <laughs> captain pro tom hey <sighs> yeah i feel like the the convergence of all our heroes was what we were asking for a little bit in is it flesh and blood that we walked walked yeah was that last week goddamn time doesn't work two weeks ago i think two weeks however however time works my god oh that's right because we had a predator break yeah to have just feed fucking people into a room and have them fight and it works and it works in this episode yeah i did love to at one point even Chakotay wasn't positive which disaster they were walking through. He was like, it's either this or the time aliens took over our dreams. Like, Yeah, that was really funny. Yeah. It was also pretty clever to have, you know, beginning of the series Janeway as a bridge character. Bridge in the narrative, not ah, Star Trek sense. I, I did not do that on purpose, sorry. And she gets to stand there and go like, I'm sorry, fucking What? What yeah. was that gigantic floating virus? Even for Starfleet, we seem to be running into some dumb shit. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame they're not going to retain any of their memories because, like, A, she could avoid some major problems and also, like, know that Seska's bad. 
Mm. Yeah, but temporal prime directive, which was fun that she was like, nope, we're going to uphold the temporal t- prime directive. I'm like, oh, good, for once. And then well, later she says, nope, fuck this. Tell me literally ju- everything. Just like Doc in Back of the Future Part 1. Yeah. <laughs> We have to, we can't, I can't know anything about the future, but tell me, do we ever fuck Chakotay? <laughs> how, do you happen to know how to build a tub? Oh. This is the most she's ever wanted to fuck him, and that Janeway, like, just saw her fiancé two days ago, like, right? probably. Well, yeah. nothing makes you horny, like, having a fiancé that's a Delta Quadrant away or whatever. Yeah, but, but that's the thing, is I like, know, she's not even she's in the Delta, Delta, Delta Quadrant. Yeah. Anyway. yeah, it's interesting that, like, it seems that both... The bridge and the transporter room are in caretaker, but at yeah, different points in the episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that angry woman? <laughs> I like yeah. that. Like, it was a fun little this This is your life episode. It's It does feel very appropriate for, like, you know... It's like they knew... Well, I'll, I'll, yeah, let me try that again. It was being like, hey, we know we're in our last season. Let's do a retrospective in a not... Bad way. Yeah, in a clever, time travel way, which Ames likes. Yes. Well, plus it isn't like they just slapped clips together. They had to get people back on to record again and, yep. like, get the costumes yep. and all the shit. So, I mean, it isn't even like, you know, it doesn't even feel like a cop-out because it really is, like, a whole new You know what? They, sh- they should have had Kess somewhere. This, this well, instead, yeah, instead of Fury, yeah. if they brought Kess back here and then Kess's powers could maybe have helped a little bit in some yeah. way. Not that they needed another thing, no, but, but also still. it could have canceled out Fury, which I think yes. would make us happy. Anything that cancels out Fury is probably good. Yeah. yeah. Now, actually, so we've previously... Yeah, so there was the there was that episode of with Kess where she got to visit the future. Mm. But of course, that future doesn't exist. That future anymore. doesn't exist. Oh, before and after. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another good time travel episode. Presumably, also uh, the future with each wow E-Cheb. still. I know. It's like fucking. I still fuck up Betazoid and Beta Z. How um, about Orion? Can you say Orion yet? No. <laughs> um... <laughs> But that future obviously is a possible future that, you know, I mean, no spoilers really, but doesn't exist because we know these two aren't going to be killed at some point 17 years ago. How did we not make the joke during the Bigsby, or not Bigsby, what was what was the, the Orion Syndicate? Yeah. Bilby. 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 How did we not make the joke during that episode of Miles Orion? Fuck, oh, I don't know. we didn't. Oh, wow. oh that would have been good. That would have been. Dang what, it. What a good episode. Go yeah. back, put it in, pretend it was always there. There we go. I will say, though, older Icheb, I could buy young Icheb turning into that more than I could buy Will Wheaton turning into the adult <laughs> version Riker <laughs> oh, turned him into. The beefcake Q thing? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I think Riker was just trying to do him a little favor. There he is. Yeah, but he made him look like. Really gay He Man or something. That's, that was that's, that's Riker's. That's, that's Riker's ideal man. Okay. Oh, that's, that's, that's Riker's idea. What? Idea no, it wasn't. No, if, no if it was his ideal man, he would have just turned him into Riker. That's true. Yes. That's the thing. That that was the epitome of just like '80s TV handsome guy. That's the reason Tom Riker to. is so so angry because he never got to fuck himself. <laughs> I mean, if I was him, I too would be very angry. <laughs> if I was Tom Riker, mm. not my personal feeling. A cute little touch that I thought of this morning, because, you know, I happen to be thinking about scrambled eggs, as I am wont to do. What about tossed salads? No, not, not so much. But, yeah, I'm thinking, scrambled, that would also be a good name for this episode. Mm. Or you know what else? 
Jigsaw puzzle. Oh, that's why they were making the jigsaw puzzle. That's a good little touch. I love things like that, and they never spell it out or anything, but someone who's looking back is like, there it is. I did appreciate that they didn't. I was like, oh, they're going to make some sort of reference back to the puzzle and or Janeway reassembling the replicator, but they didn't, and I thank you. Thank mm-hmm, you, Star Trek, mm-hmm. for just leaving it out there for once and not shining a light on it. Yeah, I like when they do things like that. That yeah. are like, you can tell it's intentional because writers have intent when they write these kinds of little scenes because mm-hmm. they're, you know, driving towards a theme. And you and, don't need to spell it out. And the genetics puzzle is foreshadowing for, for next lineage. Week. Yeah. That, that probably is a coincidence, but you know. So when people go through, people that are not inoculated with chrono beams pass through the barriers do they just disintegrate or i assume they just stayed in their timeline I mean, yeah they, it just anyone who was you know like chakotay and janeway pass through and vanish they go through and janeway and chakotay just still aren't there but they've but people have vanished like janeway says like the men that were oh. escorting oh yeah chakotay to the brig just disappeared oh, and did so they? did and so did the helms the helmsman Oh, okay. I missed that detail. Yeah, I think, oh, I that think is that they were. Scary. I think that the people were passing through the the barriers were just disappearing, and I don't know, like maybe from their perspective, everyone else disappeared. Everyone else disappeared. I don't know. Yeah, it could have been that. Yeah, it's a good question. Hmm. Yeah, and I don't need to know. Like it doesn't. It doesn't hurt anything not knowing. Nope. Speaking of not knowing. Yeah. Chakotay at the end talking to President Janeway saying, oh no, Temporal Prime Directive doesn't make sense. Because everything he saw except for that one room was in the past. So it doesn't matter if he tells her what he did. Eh. Like that was clearly him just fucking with her. It wasn't actually... I wonder how much of it is like, I do not want to have to write up this report because (laughs) because it's going to be way too confusing. So I'm just going to pretend I don't have to. (laughs) I love the idea of Starfleet people not wanting to do a report. So they're saying, like, you know, I, um, Temporal Prime Directive. Mm. What? Temp- Temporal Prime Directive? Mm. I'll make the rules. I, I kind of do wish they're, they're, that Janeway had given more consideration to... since Okay, so we know... Because is going to try to do it. Sync the time to yeah. her time. Mm-hmm. So we know that that's a possibility. And they basically planned for it. They knew that was going to happen. Yeah. But I, I kind of would be interested if there was more of a conflict for Janeway about whether or not to just do that. Yeah, she did talk about it. Yeah, she she mentioned it, but it, it didn't seem like it was seriously considered. It's because it was there wasn't enough uh, fat other fat you could trim to make more yeah. of that scene. Yeah, but it the, just what seems if like, we what if we go back and just make everything caretaker time and don't do any of this? Yeah, well, because like she's she's just they spend a Fuck lot e. of Cheb, stay a Borg. <laughs> they they spend a lot of time. In the, in the episode showing, like, Janeway, oh, she has to witness Tuvok dying, mm-hmm. you know, her friend. And I feel like it, it, it missed, there wasn't much of a payoff for, for that plot line. The other was she saw Neelix. It was like, what is this terrifying space monster? But then she tried the coffee he made and was like, <laughs> I must this meet is, the space this monster. This is worth it. My xenophobia is cured. <clears throat> but not my hologram phobia. That was actually you caught, by the way. Hollow racism. What was going on very quickly. Oh, well, I mean, because I could tell that the doctor was acting weird. So I was like, why is it like he's old doc? What is happening here? It was something, and it wasn't just like, 
it was definitely like what he was saying, but he even had like more of a stiffness in his delivery oh, and stuff. It was really good. Like I thought, I yeah. thought that he did a really nice job of like differentiating. Like, so, and again, like I'm not always the sh- the sharpest tool in this particular shed. So when I catch something, I'm always like, "Good job, Caitlin. <laughs> did great." <laughs> I love how Chakotay had the liver of an 80-year-old man and the kidneys of a 12-year-old boy. And I thought to myself, that sounds like that one Invader Zim episode when Zim was collecting orbits. That's <laughs> a fucked up episode. Oh, it's so good. They're all so fucked up. By the end, isn't he just like stuffed He's full of organs? There's the like brim. hanging out of his mouth. He coughs and like a lung pops yeah. out. Oh, no. Zim. Yeah, that's a, that is a particularly fucked up episode as far as that show goes. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, there's a reference I wasn't expecting. Yeah. So, yeah, though, Doc, magic time liquid. <laughs> now, does you that... do. Does it, like, uh, he obviously doesn't remember that, but you think Chakotay... Chakotay? Chakotay. could tell present Doc, you made magic time liquid, he could probably figure it out, make it, and then, like, seriously, get some kind of crazy space... Actually, no, before he can create it, fucking, um, Braxton's assistant there. Duquesne. Duquesne shows up, like, nope, bad. <laughs> Smacks it out of his hand, disappears. Get him, Duquesne. Is that the so Chicote was wearing like a bandolier of hypo spray dinguses? Dinguses. <laughs> was he still wearing that after the timeline rejiggered? Oh, I don't know. I don't oh, remember. I don't know now either. I've blocked it. Yeah. Dang it. Because I... theor- if he was, then theoretically he still has some of the yeah. serum on him. Pop up in engineering wearing this thing. Taurus says, what the fuck are you wearing? Actually, I don't think he was. Okay, because Taurus would have mentioned, I imagine. What happened... What are you doing here and what the hell is this? Are there two Chakotays now? What happened to the Chakotay who was with Janeway heading to engineering? I think the implication, because he got zapped and was glowy for a little bit, he was all just naturally, like... I know they, they gave a lot of credit to Doc's chrono juice, but I think... His being at, like, the epicenter of the accident also partially, like, gave him a certain amount of immunity as well or mm. something. He's become a nexus in time. Yeah, I was, I was a little incredulous that, that Chakotay said, Oh, you know that serum you gave me that allows me to pass through all the different time donuts? Can you do that but make it, a, make it like, a hypo spray? Make the, make the physical hypo spray able to be carried across? And Doc's like... Yes. I imagine him painting a hypo <laughs> so he just, with serum. I, I, I was going to say, he's like dipping it like fucking Easter eggs. Yeah, painting it like things. Tom Sawyer with a picket fence. But here's the thing. Did they have to also like paint everybody else's clothes with oh, no. time serum? Or did like everybody, as soon as they cross the barrier, just become naked? So it's, it's actually... Uh, you lose their hair. You get injected and it just seeps out of your skin like almost immediately oh. soaks the clothes. You know, like it's, garlic. With the smell of garlic. And they make their own hair gel like Fry. Gross. Oh, wow. <laughs> Are they their own grandfather like Fry? Chakotay might be at this point. I'm not sure. You could prank someone hard, though, by standing near but not in, not through a thresh, one of the thresholds and just letting out an awful fart. Oh, wow. And the people on the other side of the threshold would be like, What's, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Whoever smelled it, dealt it, Ensign. I love, uh, speaking of Ensign, I love the incredulity <laughs> that, that Janeway shows yeah. when 
when Chakotay like praises something Harry Kim. Yeah. Did. Oh yeah, yeah Harry, Harry designed Kim this. Did this. What? Harry Kim. <laughs> Harry Kim designed astrometrics. That guy, <laughs> clarinet boy. <laughs> He plays the saxophone now. He does. <laughs> You'll barely recognize it. He's so cool. And in, in, in Janeway's brain, she'd be like, okay, that explains everything. <laughs> he's, he's, he's gone from nerdy clarinet to Bill Clinton dreamboat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, you know what this episode ended up reminding me of that I that I jotted down? What was the name of that version of Legend of Zelda you were playing, Jake, where they scrambled all the, all the rooms and shit? Oh, the randomizer. The... Yeah, yeah. Tell us about that, because I, I, I thought of that that uh, game with with this episode. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not really like a time thing, but yeah, there's a there's rom- time like. Yeah, I guess there, there's ROM hacks for uh, various Zelda games. I was playing Ocarina of Time, where they, which will randomize like all of the chests. All the contents of the chest. Oh, so you can get, like, the Master Sword, like, in the first level, yeah. basically. But there's other things you can do with it. One, the one that I was playing was not only did I randomize all the chests, I also randomized where all of the doors go. Oh, no. So, like, if or, like, just any time you're passing from, like, one section to another, like, going from, you know, if you're in the Kiri Forest and you try to go through the tree or you know, through the door, you might pop out in Gerudo Valley or, you know, just like it, nothing makes any sense. So yeah, you have to memorize. Okay. Now that I, I know this will go here. So if I have to get to there, I have to go through fucking Mount doom for no reason. And <laughs> yeah, that's so annoying. It's, kind of, it's, it's fun though. Um, and you can play through it because the thing is you don't actually have to complete the game the normal way because you can get things out of order. Mm. So, um, are any of them absolutely unplayable? <laughs> You can't there. So there's the the randomizer that I was using has the option to make it so that it's at least should be able to be completed. Mm-hmm. But like I did that, and there were definitely things that yes, I was able to technically complete it, but it took me for fucking ever because like you have to do things in very specific orders. Because like okay, I can't get you know i need this particular item in order to get here but in order to get that item it's through this other place where i can't get to without this item and but i have no idea where that item is so i literally have to go around and find every single chest oh my God. Oh, yeah in yeah. the game and open it because it could be anywhere You're right and in the most illogical place and there's ones that are even crazier than that there's ones where like it's it's not just like the chests that get randomized you can randomize the um Skulltula medallion. So instead of so like you'd have to kill all of the Skulltulas oh, in the game because oh. they because they might also have items in them. Yep, Jesus. yep. Those are the things that are in the Deku tree, aren't they? No, they're the uh, like the little. They're, they're everywhere. They're like the the collectible in the game. They're, oh, oh, they drop, I was thinking drop of those the gold gross medallions. skull spiders. Yeah, that's yeah, that's they that. are. But these are like the, the gold ones that, that oh, okay. drop a special medallion, and then you free the people from being spiders. Or right. Something. Nice. Yeah, so I was playing without that particular one, but I did enable... There's one where if you play Marin's song to the cows, normally they just give you milk in the game, but in this they'll give you some random item. <laughs> so like I was walking around... Typical cows. Playing, playing, playing the flute at cla- ca- cla- cows, and they're like, here's a sword. Sounds cows. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy this Bigoron sword. 
thanks. Anyway, I do recommend it. It's a lot of fun. If you you need to have you need to provide your own ROM to use the randomizer, but the randomizer itself is. is I only have a quark. I was gonna say yeah. ROM, but not Moogie. It's fun. Cute. That's the next step, though. Is 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 a ROM hack that actually combines various games. You, like, go through a door in Ocarina at time, pop out, suddenly it's all overhead because you're in fucking, uh... Mm. uh the, fuck, what's the SNES one? Uh, Link to Link the to Past. Link to the Past, there we go. There's a Link to the Past randomizer, too, which I haven't played, but... I think there's I think there's randomizers for literally all of the, all of the older games that you can get. There, there's one, uh... Someone on the internet. It's, uh... I don't know if this is, like, one they modified themselves or this is the existing thing they download but it's trial by fieri and uh, it's a randomizer for ocarina of time but it also changes the sprite to a little guy fieri oh wow and adds some like food themed stuff as well yeah put some donkey sauce on that mm-hmm. <laughs> neat back to this episode but thank you for thank you for our little legend of zelda geek out uh, I've read that in the novel A Pocket Full of Lies it is revealed that the temporal anomaly that we in, that we interact with was actually the work of the Krenim trying to understand the events from Year of Hell huh. which sounds like something they would do yeah yeah, I could say that bastards who are the Krenim again? Uh, Red, Foreman Red Foreman and his time gun you may have slept through that one mm. <laughs> it was a two parter was it? It was a Voyager. Episode? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I am. Well, that would be like the only one I've slept through then, because I've really been pretty good about staying awake for Voyager. I specifically remember you slept through that one. Okay. Well, that explains why it doesn't sound familiar at all. And then you're like, I don't understand why we, any, people love this episode, and we said that's because you slept <laughs> through it. Okay. I'm like, well, you're making my point. Put me to sleep. It's like Jake's intro voice. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I was very confused. I really thought you were just, like, bored with these episodes, and I was like, oh, no. No, I quite like Shattered, for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's a good premise. That's the, see, I think, I know I mentioned him earlier, but it would have been funny if, like, he doesn't actually interact with him, but just, you look briefly in the background at one point, Duquesne's just, like, peering around a yes. corner. <laughs> just keeping out, like, see how this goes. Do I need to get involved? I'd rather not. Yeah. If we'd seen this episode before we did our uh, time travel blogtivity, which you should be following on the Tumblr, of course, this one may have made it on there for me. If we hadn't just done Predator last week, I'd say now is a great time for Back to the Future too. I was thinking the same thing. We might still do it. TBD. <laughs> I'd be down with that. Uh, but yeah, no, it was it was fun. It was you you know, like I say, it it it, it takes what it looks like it's gonna be you know, oh serious premise. And I was like, no, nah, we're just we're gonna kind of have a bit of a yeah. It also felt like they were just dangling the the Janeway Chakotay shippers. They're one like, last oh, look, little look, you get one little taste, but you're not getting any more than this. <laughs> Yeah. Such a bummer, because I really liked their chemistry in this episode. Right? So it really made me, like, kind of mad. Yeah, it was the first time I was like, I could actually finally understand them fucking. There have been a couple moments where I'm like, yeah, they'd be cute together. But, yeah, I don't. I also don't need it, so it's fine. Mm. Everything's fine. I feel fine about it, too. <laughs> Speaking of fucking, babies come from fucking. Ugh. Gross. Fucking yeah. her babies, which well, one? It's, it's all you know, pretty bad. It does bad. seem a little weird to me that, that, whole that area. like, by the 24th century... That the act, the act of fucking and baby making, have not completely divorced. Like, like, like do a brave new world thing instead, or yeah, you bang for fun, God, or, I you, wish. you orgy porgy, and then <laughs> if you want a baby, you know, you just go to the hatching center. 
I've never read Brave New World. Do they actually call it Orgy Porgy at some point? Orgy Porgy. Ford it's a specific and fun. event, yeah. Yeah, it's a thing. Wow. Everyone gets That's... together and bangs. You haven't read Brave New World? I've only seen Demolition Man. Get how much Demolition Man plays in a Brave New World. Uh, uh, almost nothing at all. I think they just took the name of the main character. <laughs> oh, sure. Brave New World is great. Yeah, I've heard. Brave New World is I've pretty heard. good. It's a weird high school book because if you, yeah, they do make people read that in high school a lot. Well, especially if you have like a kind kind of creepy, not creepy in like a like you're a creep way uh, English teacher, but an English teacher that just seems to get a little little too much pleasure out of making teenagers uncomfortable about mm. sexual things. Oh, Gross. okay, that does sound fun. Yeah, she she'd like she'd be like, "What do you think this means?" Oh yeah. no! Every every single joke in Shakespeare. It's a penis, kids. We know it's always a penis, except for the few times it's a vagina. We know. There was one time where, I can't remember what book it was, but there was like a masturbation scene in the book. Oh. And she spent like, there was like a half hour. Was of, it the chocolate war? I think it was the chocolate war. Now that you I know it. the scene. Yep. Um, I didn't get the scene when I was a kid. And, I was like, and then was, later realized, oh, that's what that was. And she used it to talk about like euphemisms. And then she's like, does anybody else know any euphemisms for masturbating? No, teacher. Is like, she really? Yeah. Bad. And then like, the, like what proceeded was like 15 or 20 minutes of class of everybody in the class just like shouting out different euphemisms. Spanking the monkey. And then, and then like me and my friends just started making up new yes, ones. Yes, yes. Like, shearing the goat! Like... <laughs> There's that Ryan George where they're naming body parts and they all lose their minds coming up with nicknames for the penis. Yes, yes. We'll have to share that. And that's good. And then titties. But anywho. um, You remind me of one last thing. Charles Dickens. I can't tell what what subject we're even on. Charles Dickens in one of his novels, it might be Oliver Twist actually, don't quote me, does have a character though named Master Bates. And he's always got his hands in his pockets. Oh, gross. So even even, even Charlie got into it. Good deep dickens. Yeah. Good deep anyway. dickens. Anywho. Anyway, um, this has been high school English class. Yeah, so speaking of high school English class, The Lineage uh, is our next episode. Um, yeah, it's a, bit, it's a bit interesting, this one. So let's see. I, I don't know if I can give a play-by-play, but basically... But you're going to have to. Yeah, I'll do my best. Uh, so... Bellana and Tom are sitting in a tree. Pregante. They're arguing about something. For Everything. Some, as, as they do. And when then was this? At the start. The start? Uh, they were having no, a yeah, great she day. Was, she no, was, true. She's having a nice day. Were they having an argument? No. no. She was walking on there sunshine. Is a, there is an argument halfway Later. through the episode or Oh, so. maybe I'm mixing up what yeah, happened. No, she's in a great fucking mood. I just, like, nine times out of ten, if you say they're having an argument, you're going to be correct. <laughs> so it was, it was worth a shot. Okay, apparently they're not having an argument for once. But they are having a baby. Whoops. Um, yeah, she gets called. She gets called in to sick bay, and Doc's like, "Yep, test came back." Actually, no, it wasn't. It was it was seven of nine that picked up the baby. Echeb thought it was parasites, and that was I mean, funny. That's not far far off. <laughs> that's that's. Well, remind me seven. later. Yeah. You're infested with worms. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, seven of nine figures out that uh, Balan is pregnant, and tells everyone. Tells everyone, and then... Each um, tells everyone, that gossip hound. <laughs> All right, yeah, I guess that's um, right. So it's a joyous day for Tom and, and Bellana, who, you know, they thought it would take a little longer because of, you know, the fact that it's the fucking future and you should just be able to choose when you get pregnant and not have to deal with 
all the uncertainty of of it but apparently they were doing it the old-fashioned way and good for them so what up um yeah. <laughs> so uh, the baby has scoliosis. Yeah. So the the baby has some kind of issue that the doc's gonna gonna fix up. So he does, and and then he's like, "Look, here's a here's a, an ultrasound or like a 3D picture of what your baby's gonna look on look like." And Blanton's like, "Why does There's an app for that? Why does that fucking baby look like a Klingon?" And the doc's like, "Um, ahem." <laughs> and she's like, "She's like, nah, I don't want that shit." So like. Then she has like this crisis mm-hmm. for the rest of the episode because because you know she was treated shitty as a kid by other kids because she looked like a Klingon well, or, because kids suck yeah and kids mm-hmm. suck and would pick on her you know they called her bonehead that would be a great insult for a for a Klingon or a, a old old two hearts um, <laughs> worm eater uh, worm eater yeah you know you know all the classics. Uh, Soccer murderer, and Wait, then it also wolf. turns out that her. Uh, <laughs> but that's not the real problem because yeah, the kids being shitty. That's one thing, but then her dad also hates her for oh, being. Oh yeah, dad so is the worst, and so, like talks really loudly about it while sitting around a campfire five feet from her tent. Like yeah. dad, what Man, the fuck? he wanted her to hear. I really regret dating a, a Klingon woman and having a kid well, with her. You know? I was say, the only thing I regret more is knocking her up. The only thing worse than living with one Klingon is living with two. Uh, Technically, you're living with one and a half, dickhead. Fair. Um, wow. so really, he should have made our bad parents list. I, I feel like going back and swapping yeah. out somebody. Yeah, um, he sucks. So um, take Kolapak out. He's a great dad now. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that this this all this shitty treatment as a child has given Belana a complex, and she's like, you know what? I don't want my kid to to deal with that shit. So uh, I'm going to convince the doctor to genetically engineer out the Klingon, and the doctor's like. Fuck no, I'm not doing that. That's bullshit. It's medically unnecessary uh, genetic tampering, and not to mention fucking illegal. Actually, that didn't come up. But but Jake uh, wanted to. Bring but it up. I wanted to bring it up. Just fuck the Bashirs. Just fuck the Bashirs. And so she's like, more bad parents. <laughs> so she's all bummed out, and then she goes to Tom, and you know they kind of work out a little bit, and come to uh, you know have a they have an argument. Tom spends the night at Harry's listening to his place sweet sweet sax music. So cool. Yeah, he's Tom's just lying there on the couch while Harry blows out some jams and Tom's like <laughs> you're a regular Bill Clinton Harry. Um, <laughs> Bill Clinton dreamboat. Um so anyway, they make up the next day, and everyone thinks everything's all right, and then they get a call from the doctor who's had a massive change of heart overnight. But not really, he's had a change of mind, and by that I mean Bellana's reprogrammed him Damn it. to think that this genetic engineering idea is 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 really uh, a top, top-notch not idea. Not only great, but necessary. And great. now he's hide as well, for fun. So she's about to do the surgery, and then... And then um, they Tom figures out, or really Tom, with the help of Echeb, figures out that uh, that oh no, the doc's been tampered with. He's not actually a monster. Echeb spreading more gossip. Yeah, Echeb's like fucking up Bolana's day left and right. <laughs> um, it's because it's because she wouldn't date him before. Oh my yes. God, maybe that's why she was coming on so strong to him. Maybe she was already pregnant. Maybe she was worried the baby was going to be part Borg. You know what I mean? Well, she was born briefly, so there. Oh well, that. there's that, but no, I meant. Oh I shit, meant, that's interesting. I meant from the with Echeb, you know. Oh, God damn, that's gross. <laughs> it could have like, happened. He's like five years old. So, anywho, uh, yeah. Uh, so they 
Janeway goes in. They they manage to fix up the doctor before he he mutilates the baby. Thank God, dude. That's and so fucked. It, it is. And then Belana's like, I guess I'll have to just live with having a Klingon baby. And Tom's like, you know, it won't be so bad. You're gonna be trapped in the Delta Quadrant anyway, so there's not gonna be any kids to make fun of him. We'll buy her lots of big hats. Yeah. And if all else fails. We'll do sir. We'll do cosmetic surgery after. Sandpaper. Oh, I thought you were gonna say airlocker. Oh no! <laughs> well, I was gonna say like oh, they, they, throw her in the replicator. They and do start cosmetic from surgery on people all the fucking they time. They do. I'm so. surprised. This episode makes me surprised that Bellana hasn't had her ridges removed. I could see like by the time she's old enough to make that decision, there's a certain amount of like I'm going to keep them out of spite at this point. Oh, like, just to piss off the racists. Like, yeah, this is who I am. Fuck you. Yeah, but the point is that would be her choice yeah. to either yeah, keep or remove That's them true. Versus, you know, what she's what she's proposing here to do yeah. to her kid, which is not, not give them the choice. Yeah, so remind me, because this would have been, this came out January of 2001. When were stem cells just constantly in the zeitgeist? Probably the news around the this time, because this was like around, you know... Early Bush years. Well, at the very least, I was gonna. I was thinking that too. Had they been had work started on the human genome project? Oh yeah, it had started. So yeah, there were definitely already discussions over like the eventual ethical implications of understanding the genome better. Like, Mm -hmm. there's already that concern over will people be aborting babies because they might inherit something and this and that. And I think Gattaca had come out by this point, hadn't it? Oh, Gattaca's... We might do Gattaca next week. And and, uh, Back to the Future. What's Gattaca? Gattaca's a really great sci-fi movie with Ethan Hawke and Jude Law being hot. All right, that sounds good. And Uma. And Uma also being hot. It's a really hot cast. I I, I saw like the first half hour once and keep meaning to see the rest of it. We should should definitely cover Gattaca. It's a phenomenal film. We We should watch it. I'm in. I'm in. Do it. Book it. When we when we get to the genetics episodes of Enterprise, oh, there we pencil go. them in. Penciling yeah. in. We love it. Yeah, because I love that movie. Yeah, because this is a very fascinating conversation for this episode. Because I know like we've talked before about, oh my god, Paris and Torres are always fighting. How are they still in a relationship when they seem to not actually like each other? But this fight that they're having is a very important fight for them to have. And I feel like it was ve- it was well justified for them to have this it was a very, very difficult conversation. It was a very adult fight. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't a, Tom spends too much time in the holiday. Tom's Wait. fucking a spaceship again. He's always doing that. This was an actual, yeah, like an, an adult conversation, a very important topic, a very topical topic. Well, and when they were arguing, too, like, the performance felt very real. Yeah. Mm. Like, it wasn't a TV argument. They were arguing. Yeah, it was a good performance from Dawson, too. Yeah, that'd be both of them. They both, yeah. like... Yeah, no, they, they did a good job. I think it's just, I don't know, for me, this episode needed something else happening. It needed a B-plot A B-plot? I don't really? know. I, I God, just, no. I don't know. I just... I just I, it felt very stretched. The fact that they had that Tom and, and Bellana did go like person to person to kind of ask advice did feel a little. We don't have a B plot, but we want to involve the rest of the cast somehow. So we're going to go to Janeway, and Janeway's going to be like, "I have, I have no stake in this. Fuck you guys." We're going to go to Neelix, and Neelix is going to pretend he wants to be the Godfather. We're going to go to the Chakotay. Chakotay wants to be the Godfather. Poor Harry, not even considered. Nope, not even a little bit. <laughs> I said not that. That's when we were watching it. I was like, "Wow." He's like, can I be, can I be Godfather? Oh, there's nobody more qualified. I just imagine suck on that, Harry. I just imagine 
Tom going up to Harry and being like, hey, Harry, listen, I would be super appreciative and honored if you'd let me sleep on your couch tonight because <laughs> Bellana and me are having a fight. <laughs> there's just, the thing is, there's so much going on. Like, there's a, But again, there's one thing going on. Well, but that one thing encapsulates so many different... Because, again, there's the the obvious one of the sort of, like, designer babies. Yeah. Which, yep. again, people <laughs> knew we can't do this yet, but it could be sooner than this later. This is what sci-fi is for, yeah. Yeah, designer babies, but also, like, the whole, like, racial discussion. Yep. And, like, John Torres, worst father in the world. The, yeah, one, um, of the, one of the bad ones. Belongs on my list. Just, like... Well, you know, you know, kids used to make fun of me for falling asleep in class. Like, John, fuck wit. Yeah. There are miles of difference between getting made fun of for falling asleep in class and being mocked for racist reasons. Unless he was falling asleep in class because he had some kind of, like, behavioral or biological reason. Yeah, but I have a feeling that wasn't the case. No, I'm certain He just seems like a prick. I'm certain, yeah, I'm certain John's just a real bad dad. Yeah, like, but I mean, that's me. Like, she's being mocked for something with... You know, like, racial elements. And also, like, yeah. Like, yeah, we're, at this point, friends with the Klingons. But being not friends with the Klingons is still in living memory, especially because of how fucking long people live now. (laughs) You know, there are plenty of people walking around who were alive before Kittimer. Yeah. And grew up in a very anti-Klingon society. You can't tell me some of that shit. jumps out and says, where's Kirk? (laughs) Yeah. Also, you get, like, you know, other Klingon... Kids on Earth just straight up killing kids at soccer games and stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. And you know, obviously, this is something you know I can't speak to as Big Johnny Honky, but she's also got the added issue of like having a blended background, mm-hmm. which you know people talk about in the real world when they have that, not feeling like they belong with either group, and both groups kind of looking at them sideways, like, "Well, you're not us." And it's like, "Well, yeah, but yep, but, yep. but." And so there's that whole thing too, yeah. along with the more obvious. Like, it's very telling. That when she f- the first removes some Klingon genes. The ridges are still there, but the hair goes from dark to blonde. And that's not subtle. <laughs> and it remains blonde when she removes the rest of the Klingon stuff. It's like, oh, oh dear. because yeah, Tom's got yeah, lighter I'm hair. Just, I'm just well, yeah, now but building again, a clone of Tom. But, but it's, you know, to go from, from dark hair to Aryan blonde hair. It's like, okay, yep, yep. That's they Our know what they're doing. Arm gets stuck in in a in a Hitler salute. <laughs> yeah, Whoa. exactly. I think you say arm gets stuck in a candy machine. So I could see Tom doing that, mm-hmm. trying like to like Homer. steal something out of the uh, vending machine by putting his arm up in. Not actually trying to steal it, but like he got caught in the window, and he's like, "Motherfucker, not again!" Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I can see this this episode what it was trying to do. You know, and it's it is. I mean, it's a it's a good message. Yeah, I think the, the things that it wanted to do, it did succeed at doing those things. Yeah. yeah it, and starting this conversation, which it doesn't give like the, like a this was bad or this was good. It's like this is an important conversation. Yeah. yeah. But you can also see why like Tom actually has a very good point, but you can see why she's like, what the hell do you know? Because mm-hmm. he was, you know, a golden boy. You know, he was a fucking Starfleet Admiral's son who had everything handed to him. He's like, it's easy to say, like, well, what, you know, like, to think that he's not, like, her father not coming from the right point of view. In reality, though, it's like, no, he, I mean, he knows most, not the whole story, because you never told him about this horrible, horrible, horrible camping trip. But, you know, I, I can see why she would sort of reject him outright, even without her own historical issues, mm-hmm. you know, just being like, well, what the fuck, do you, what the fuck do you know, Tom? And he's like, hey, you know, he doesn't, really. But his arguments make sense. You can't just design her baby your baby. Yeah. And especially, you know, because of 
the uh, the whole Bashir thing, right? Like, yeah. What, so what is the what is the where's the line between like genetic augmentation, like what they did to Bashir, which is very very illegal, and you go to jail and mm-hmm. get kicked out of Starfleet, versus you know something like this? Yeah, yeah I, like I, curing I, health conditions. But this isn't curing health. Like the, the, like as the doctor said. Oh, but the first thing he does is he cures a health condition. Well, yeah, yeah, that's one thing. But I'm saying I'm saying like. The design of babies. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure treating a genetic, you know, abnormality that's going to affect the child child's health is is probably a carve out in the law. But is altering the child's genome to make them taller? Know, taller, like Michael Sullivan. <laughs> yeah, like that. Very much seems to me like getting into that eugenics side of things i mean like quite literally it's it's trying to take out the undesirable element of of the child's genome to make them more white which is quite literally eugenics yeah yeah it's right i I hadn't even thought of the whole like you know no augmentation thing but yeah like there there must be some kind of like because obviously they don't have a blanket ban on genetic tinkering since like you said that was the whole way they were going to fix her klingon scoliosis yeah I wonder if it's, like, the augmentation part. Like, augmentating augmenting in, like, the Bashir case was making him improved. Yeah. And I don't think there's any improvement, per se, going on with, with the, the Torres Paris baby. I think it's just making it different. But making it different to what end, right? You mean with the, like... like equivalent. Like... Change, like painting a different the the room a different color. Wait, which modification are you talking the, about? The Klingon modification. Taking away taking away the Klingon. See, I disagree. Right. So, like, let's look at the history of eugenics. Let's. Right. Yuck. So no, but like like that's no, what mean, we're talking yeah, about. I mean, is I like know, like I in IRL, the idea was basically we're going to breed out, you know, undesirable elements, and like yes, yeah, some of them were like okay, we're gonna breed out. We're gonna we're gonna sterilize. It's still horrifying, but we're gonna sterilize people with various medical conditions that low we low IQ, low and IQ, like yeah. maladies of physical disabilities. Yeah. And that wasn't and this wasn't just shit that the, the literal Nazis were doing. Although the literal Nazis were literally doing this, but they were Nazis were taking after American doctors. Yeah, that yeah it was a major shit. American movement. Like, Gross. Like this was oh, yeah. this was stuff that was started like thirty years earlier in the United States. Where they were like sterilizing, you know, quote unquote imbeciles, you know, as, as they would have been called at the time, people that were mentally handicapped. And um, the mental health care in this country, I mean, it's still not good, but it was like abysmal until what, the 70s, 80s? Yeah, but not just people with like mental disabilities, but also just like poor people, mm-hmm. right? Like there, there was the fucked up ideas at the time of like, What's like being poor isn't a genetic condition. We know that, but they would have maybe thought, "Oh well, being poor is generational. So if we if we stop the poor in its tracks, I mean, the rich will be left." You know. Let's be honest. Like the only reason the American eugenics movement kind of stopped is because the Nazis. Oh yeah. Kind of ruined the reputation of eugenics, and give it long enough, people might start talking about it again. Oh, I'm sure they already are. Openly. Um, Oh yeah. Well. There, I'm sure there are certain people who never stopped openly talking yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. So, like, you know, and that's sort of, I think, what we're talking about here, too, is that, like, if you replace Klingon with Jewish, 
or black, then it takes on a different tenor, right? Then it's a gen- a genocidal literal mm-hmm. yeah. type of yeah that's of that's, that's one of about. the one of the facets of what makes a genocide is removing from the from the gene pool that yeah. race that you're genocide and like the doctor makes a really good point when she first comes to him and she's like oh you you should you should do this stuff and he's like but like some of these some of these things are actually advantageous like having an extra lung you could give it to neelix you know, say, like just ask neelix Holy what shit. having an extra lung would do <laughs> Why didn't we use Balas from the lung for Neelix? You know, and like like redundant organs, like, yeah, sure, don't technically need them, but why not? Like, it's just yeah. going to help if you're ever injured or sick. So taking out what Balana sees as the... the um, Detrimental. The, yeah, the, the undesirable element, which is forehead ridges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also throwing out all the other things. The whole that, kit, caboodle, Klingon lung. The baby within all and the bathwater. I, yeah. I feel like maybe maybe because they were trying to be more subtle with with it. Like we never have in this episode the the eugenics conversation so much, mm. and you're kind of left to your own devices to suss that out. It it does feel like though, like if we're talking about the spirit of the law, if not the letter, presumably the Federation shouldn't be okay with designer babies. Like it's like all right, you can't improve your kids this that or the other thing we also aren't gonna let you just arbitrarily change shit if it's not medically necessary you shouldn't be able to you know well i want a ginger tough shit yeah hair said, said no one ever i'm just kidding that's fine i, I love red that's hair to be honest joke. so but i just you know well in the you know not to spoil the film that you haven't seen but in gattaca one of the things that they talk about is how they're basically doing ivf Mm. And then looking That's in at vitro fertil- fertilization, listeners, in case you didn't know. Yeah, so like they look at all of the like you know they'll they'll get a bunch of embryos together, all from the same two parents, and then they'll just pick the one that is the best out of all of them. Oh, and can't they also tweak it a little too before? I can't. I, again, I saw like the first half hour once. Yeah, so. I think I but, think like, that might be part of it too. But it, like mostly, it's it's like. Picking out all the best bits. Yeah. But what constitute bests? Like, are we talking about what makes makes the kid the healthiest? Because, again, like, if you're just trying to... Correcting the spine issue. That's a whole different thing than being like, I'm going to change your face. Oh, yeah. Well, like, I think, you know, that's that's one of the points that's made in that movie. Is that, like, what are you actually doing? Like, what what, what do you consider to be the best? And if you're able to, like... Because again, the spine, the spine issue. It makes sense to remove something like that because it would mean like probably pain, either a lot of pain later, or surgery, or pain and surgery, or permanent disability, or whatever. And it makes sense like to do something like that if it's going to spare you something you know you'll have to do anyway. But yeah. but you know, but like th- that, there's a big difference between that and like you know deleting the gay from the gene code, you know, which is what it sort of felt like. Yeah what was coming you know yeah it, it was definitely like this was all a very nascent discussion at the time but it was out there i had actually totally forgotten you know what i mean like it just maybe i was just well when was this like oh one yeah so i was like 15 i wasn't probably that interested in that conversation yet you know well by your own admission you 
pretended to not be into sci-fi when you were a teenager. Oh, yeah, big time. So... Well, um, yeah, but it wasn't sci-fi. It was real fi. Well, yeah, you know? but even so, wait, real fi. <laughs> it was mostly being talked about either in real the science. news, <laughs> either in the news or in science fiction. So, if you were ignoring the news and science fiction, and yeah, it's still not stuff we can quite do. But we're certainly closer than we were twenty well, years ago. Well, I mean, ago. I think the big, the big thing now that we didn't have then that makes it all the more realistic is CRISPR Cas9, which is a gene editing technology oh good that's that's, terrifying and like it's only been around for like less than 10 years like i think crispr was discovered in the 90s but they've only recently figured out how to just how to use it to basically and it basically what it lets you do is target very specific genetic sequences and like literally cut and paste bits Right. Good night, everybody. And it's and it's use it's very like useful potentially in treating disease. Like imagine so okay so like many cancers, if not all cancers, but I, I don't know enough. But I'll say many cancers are caused by a genetic like or a failure of gene replicate of uh, of DNA replication where you have like yeah. corrupt DNA that goes into a, a duplication overdrive, so it just like replicates yeah, out yeah. of control more than it should and that's how you know you get tumors and shit so imagine if you could use this like an injectable that you inject into the blood and it would only know to go and edit that particular bit of code out of the cancer cells and then there you go and then you just you basically just turn off the cancer cells and like that's just like one example like there's huge implications for like medical science for CRISPR. But Meanwhile, some fucking capitalist somewhere is licking their fucking oh, lips. Oh, it's not a capitalist. The first person that used it to edit a... Like, the, there's a basically a, gen, a general agreement among the scientific community that's like, okay, we're going to use this, but we're going to... Like, the rules are going to be this. We're not going to edit germ cells. And, and that's, like, the cells that get passed through, through like, generations. Yeah. So, like, sperm cells. We're not yeah. going to edit sperm cells. Like, that because that has... A lot of implications. Also, uh, they're gross. Yeah, and we're or, you know, or eggs or whatever. Like, we're not going to edit cells that are going to be passed down to future generations because you could really fuck shit up. And we're not going to just edit babies for reasons. And like, you know, we're just going to have like a gentleman's agreement among scientists not to do this shit. Well, somebody was like, you know what? There's some children that I that need need to be fixed up. So they did. It. They already did it. And it was a it was a Chinese scientist who did it and announced it and. Uh, has been disappeared. So Ooh. Because it, it was it was against the law in China to do it. This sounds fascinating. Yeah. Send, send us an article. Share I'll an article. This sounds, this sounds very uh, interesting. But yeah, so yeah, there was a scientist that basically announced, like, I have done it. I have, I have made the first, the world's first designer baby. We're basically, you know, fixed fixed some problems in these in these kids. So what you're saying is, we actually are getting the eugenics wars. We're just getting them a little later than Gene Roddenberry thought. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah, and then, yeah, and I'm pretty sure that scientist was, like, arrested and hasn't, no one quite knows what happened to them. At least last I read about it. Oh, boy, there's no good way to say this. Good! Mm. (laughs) I'm not one for disappearing people normally, but... Yeah, but I think there's also an element of the genie being out of the bottle for this type of stuff. And, like, because, like, you're going to have ethical people... That are going to say, no, we're not going to do this. And then you're going to have 
unethical people that are going to do it anyway. Oh, yeah, no. You're yeah, or ethical people that they'll say, like, okay, but what are the situations where we can do it? And then they keep moving that line. And boy, mm-hmm. it's amazing. It doesn't always take much for people to sell out. Yeah. So, it's scary. And I think we're, I think we're much closer than we think to, you know, not, not to the eugenics wars, but certainly to, you know, being able to do stuff like what Bellana wants to do here, which is... You know, take out take out parts that I don't like of my baby before it's born. Paramount's gonna actually just start breeding children to look like they're aliens, so they can save money on budgets. Ooh, yes, on do makeup it. rather. It's like, all right, uh, get us some Vulcans, some Klingons. They'll be ready in twenty years. Toss. We'll start training them in acting now. <laughs> yeah, and I think they do already use CRISPR in like animals somewhat. Make them tastier or what? No, not not for that. Oh, dang oh God! It. Wait till those Westminster douchebags get their hold on it. Oh no! Hands on it. I already dogs dis- with no noses at all. I already despise everything they represent, and that's just going to make it worse. I don't know if it's I don't know if it was like a CRISPR thing or what, but a friend of mine has or had I don't know if it's still around, but had an axiotl. Oh, they're cute. That was like either either it was like a crossbred thing or it was like a gene editing thing that had bioluminescent DNA added to it. Mm. So oh, it glowed wow. in the dark. Weird. Gross. Axolotls are very cute. Yeah. I yeah. love axolotls, but that's weird. Yeah. But if they want to give me bioluminescent blood, I'm in. I think yeah. it works. You're already kind of, you're you're done. You're baked. They can't unbake me? I don't think so. Oh, well then. Once the cookie has been baked. Then fuck it. Nobody can have any fun. Yeah. It's like, you know, you, like you can take a Reese's cup and stick it on top of an already baked cookie. It's not the same as Mixing it in the dough in the Although oven. Although it is delicious. Yeah, oh yeah, don't get me wrong. So I'm just like pouring stem cells onto my head like, change! <laughs> like that episode drama. of Futurama! <laughs> Always. Hooray. Every time. Yeah. yeah, the doc also had a very good point to Bolana when, you know, she says, what, what, what's my daughter going to need with a third lung? It's not like we're, I'm going to train her to be a Klingon warrior because I'm not going to do that. And, and doc basically says like, yeah, but you can't choose your daughter's life. Like, she might want something different than you want. She her. might want to play soccer and murder people. Who like doesn't? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it was really probably one of their deeper sort of concepts in a while. In a while, some scenes that were intentionally very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think in that regard, quite successful overall. I thought, yeah, I, I liked it. Also, I liked asking the doc to be the Godfather at the end. That scene was very I that was cute. Nice. I loved that, and I loved his reaction. Yeah. Every moment he thinks of, thinks about in Taurus is you know justifying, justifying, and he's no, I'm gonna do it. Very good delivery. I liked him in that yeah. scene. He was great. Well, apparently, I'm reading about so he did that that scientist that did the GN. He didn't. He wasn't disappeared. He was cloned. There's more yeah, of him yeah, now. He was just. He was just arrested and huh. he went to jail. Well, Less interesting story and so, now. And given a fine and now he's out of jail. Damn it. But <laughs> Did we but disappear he's, him? But he's, but he's no longer, he's, he got fired from his job as a scientist. Yeah, but he still has the knowledge. Someone could snap him up. Ugh. His brain. Mind meld him. <laughs> Last episode, I forgot to mention this. When Tuvok was dying, I said, get Mr. Neelix over here so I can cosh the fuck out Yay. of him. <laughs> do their own little Star Trek three. Yes, do it. So, what is the deal with the? Uh, because I know we've just, or I, I know I've gone on tears about in that Deep Space Nine episode where Cassidy gets pregnant mm. because Cisco forgot his birth control that mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. which should not be fucking possible. God damn it! Uh, it should always be a conversation with your partner, you bitches. Does that mean when Tom and Blana got married, they both just decided? 
We're going to raw dog fuck, it. Fuck the birth control, because, you know, if it happens, it happens. Or it sounds, what, what did they do exactly? It sounds more like they were like, eh, the chances... Because they even said they didn't think the chances were terribly high. Yeah. And it's like, well, here's what you're forgetting. You're like, on Voyager, you know. <laughs> but all not just that. But it's like, well, yeah, but Klingon human, you know, crosses, the odds are really stacked. It's like, yeah, but she's also more human. So... That's a good point. That is a good point. Yeah, they just decided to play the odds and, uh, oops... <gasps> Maybe they'll have salamander babies. Aww. Because Tom is a, radioactive or some shit, A salamander right? baby would be better than that weird, uncanny valley, terrible render that they made of their <laughs> baby. That That's that's the that's the deleted scene. She kept tampering with the genes, and then all, one put just lizards. Oh, no, too far. Go back, go back, go back. <laughs> I forgot that it was in Tom's de- genes. Damn it. Oh, we also had a cute Tuvok Paris scene, and I feel like I, oh, I, yeah. I was on. Well, we don't have a lot of scenes with the two of them in a while. I feel like they haven't done a little cute scene together, and it was. I thought it was nice that you know Paris is going to him for fathering advice. I, I know he's one of the only parents he knows, but like you're gonna go to the Vulcan, <laughs> right? <laughs> I also like that he was the only person who hadn't heard at that point. That was good. Because, mm. you know, he's doing actual work. He's not listening to gossip. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it's because just like nobody would promote him or ask him to be a godfather, nobody tells him the good gossip either. But they did promote him. A couple seasons ago, he got promoted. He did. Oh, right. Tuvok? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I wasn't talking about Tuvok. I thought we were talking... You're right. I'm sorry. I was... <laughs> thinking about Harry. I was thinking about Harry. Yep, my mind was on Harry. Exactly what he wants. That's why he had him switch to saxophone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So cool. In the back of my head, it's always just Harry living rent free. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, Harry. <laughs> Tell him. Yeah, yeah, it was a decent scene. Expect paradox. Yeah. It, remind, so, it reminds so me of the, of the Tuvok waggling his finger at those kids in Innocence. Mm. Like, oh, kids. Oh, yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Or illogical. That was a dumb episode with a few decent moments, from what I recall. The kids were terrible. The idea at the end that it was aging backwards was awful. Came out of nowhere. The society was garbage. It was dumb. Like, I feel like that was our, like, Tim Russ did well, but the base premise was just so idiotic. Yes. That's what that episode was. ruined everything. right. Very last thing I want to bring up in in my notes. There was a point where Torres is sulking and Tom comes to give her a shoulder rub Mm -hmm. from behind. And I'm thinking the padding in these fucking uniforms is going to make that shoulder rub fucking obsolete. Mm -hmm. Well, see, that's the thing. The padding only exists in the real world, not in universe. They don't. Those are not their actual shoulders. We're supposed to believe it, that's, though. No, we're not. That is the uniforms. We've seen them in different clothes, and they don't have those shoulders. <laughs> They've been genetically engineered to have massive shoulders. Do you think the Romulans are actually box-shaped? Yes. <laughs> have you guys seen this well, past week's Strange New World? Not yet, no. Okay, well, this is spoiling nothing, but... Ethan Peck's whatever he's wearing under his uniform, his like Peck suit from Arrested Development or something, <sighs> way too much. And everyone's making making Ethan's Peck's jokes right now, and it's very Ethan's funny. Peck's jokes. Maybe he just got ripped between seasons like uh, Wilson Cruz did that time. Ooh, Wilson oh, Wilson Cruz, yum. <laughs> Got into shape and immediately posted thirst trap photos. It was amazing. I thought he was really cute to begin with. And then he was like, by the way, have you noticed my 20-pack abs? And I'm like, holy shit. I decided to get ripped. Please grate my face on your abs. Just just let me just fall to pieces right there and die. It's fine. That's how you know, I want to go. You know what? Fuck, fuck the planned longevity. We're just going to talk about Wilson Cruz's 
whole yeah. torso. Let's, let's for do the a rest Wilson of... the top ten pictures of Wilson Cruz's beautiful. You go ahead. Physique. You can you can do that on your own time. Holy <laughs> sh! Oh well, no, on my own time. I'm gonna do what I want to be for the show. Wait, what? What? <laughs> I said you can put put it, put up your own blog activity. Is what I'm saying. Oh, so I because can... I know because I know she won't do it. It's true, I won't. She <laughs> might. That's my motivator. Do. Speaking I, of blog activity, like abs. Yeah, we do have a different blog activity in the in the wings, ready to go because we we've been talking about a couple Deep Space Nine things. I have no good segue, so we're just gonna do it. Last couple weeks, we've done you know all the great minor characters from Deep Space Nine. We've done all our favorite villains from Deep Space Nine, which is a really fun fun conversation to have. And finally, we're wrapping it up with our favorite alien races from Deep Space Nine. And I realized I was going through all the episodes. They don't have a lot. It's a lot of the same faces over and over and over and over again. But mm. you know what? They're still great. Oh, yeah. Yep. I think I think we just need to agree right now. Only one of us gets to say Breen because they ah. change everything. Well, then I want to get to say it because I was talking about the Breen earlier, Dennis. Rock, paper, scissors. No, they're not on my list. No, they're not really on mine either. Maybe. They're on my list. Hit me till I give you my list. Okay. Yay. Uh, my top my top three alien races from from the Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I'm saying the Breen because I find them very interesting. They're an interest. They're a race that you don't know almost anything about. Still. And they don't they don't even bother like teasing you with shit. No, it's great. They don't open up their heads. They don't. Mm. You don't. You don't see their faces. You don't hear their language really. You only hear their buzzing beeping <laughs> sounds. <laughs> You rarely know what they're saying. They change everything. <laughs> and that's why Breen is on my list, because they're a, a, a race that you keep wanting more about. Mm-hmm. And when the when the show doesn't give you more, you're still like, but I still like them. Yeah. So I put the Breen on my list. No, that's fair. They, so, I, I, nothing so actually... fuck your joke, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nothing against them. I just, I, I, they were nudged out by the people I went with. Okay, well. okay. Yeah, I couldn't think of people I was more interested in than the Breen. So Breen's, Breen ended up... No, that's fair. Number three on my list. Number two on my list. Keeping with the theme of uh, Dominion assholes, the freaking Vorta. Because mm. they're another race that's just... They're so different and so interesting and so wily. Mm-hmm. I love that they're just all clones of themselves. That's very interesting. They have a great look. Jeffrey Combs forever. Uh, yeah, I... I I'm very intrigued by the Vorta. Every time we see one, I have a little dance party in my head. Mm. Uh, and number one race of, uh, of Deep Space Nine. Surprising exactly no one. <laughs> except, <laughs> unless you haven't been paying any attention. Uh, the Cardassians. Whoa. A race that the, that the show just built so well. Mm-hmm. That they developed the fucking shit out of and always made them very consistent. They created a whole world of uh, people in which they just make sense. Yeah. So I love them. So my answers are all very boring, and they all sort of have the same reason. Uh, and they're all the races that Jeffrey Combs has played. The Cardassians, Good. the Bajorans, and the Ferengi. I was wondering if the Ferengi would come up, because I find them too jokey. Because I find that this show sort of, again, it's also like the same reason you had for the Cardassians is kind of my reason for all three, but especially the Cardassians the Bajorans, it's like... You know, this is what really, I mean, we'd gotten hints of the Cardassians in TNG. And I feel like there was no major, like, retconning with the Cardassians. They were just building on what was already yeah. there, fleshing them out, giving them a whole culture. Uh, a lot of it we find out through stories from, like, Garrick with their their, their ridiculous mystery story subgenre where you always know oh, the outcome yeah. ahead of time. And their ridiculous, quote-unquote, legal system. <laughs> Cardassian flirting. <laughs> like... 
It's you just, were negging me really hard. I thought you liked me. Yeah. yeah, the Bajorans, meanwhile, like, again, not really any retconning, but there also wasn't quite... We just knew they'd been just an oppressed the, just people. Just how much do they have with the nose thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, we knew they'd been an oppressed people. They built this whole very complicated society, and I think, you know resisted the urge to to kind of like I think they're one of the somewhat less monoculture-y Star Trek alien races. Like they have so much of their own internal conflict still. You know, especially it'd be very tempting just to have them be these like purely good people because they'd been oppressed for so long. And the temptation would be like, yeah, let's just make them all their but no, they dealt with the fact that before all this shit happened, they'd had their own issues and all those issues come roaring back, which is really a thing that happens when empires collapse. Old, pre-imperial issues come back all of a sudden, and, you know, it, not all of them are religious. Not all of them are into, you know, you know, whatever. Some were big into the whole uh, freedom thing. Others didn't care. There were the cloud weirdos. <laughs> uh, there was that dispute about the fucking river border. Like, you know, just... Gave them a culture. We saw pieces of it, but we're made to understand there's so much more, but we're still never seeing. You know, that was great. And then the Ferengi, this was a retcon. Yes, good. Thank <laughs> they God. They took the garbage TNG had done with them was like, let's make them people. A bit more monoculture but still, they got... And they have an arc. They have an arc. Yeah. And also, you know, despite all that, you know, our focus Ferengi are the worst Ferengi from the Ferengi perspective. Yeah, they're bad you, at being Ferengi. So bad. And like, of the four of them, one of them wants to be a good Ferengi, and he was, he's pretty bad at it. That's Quark? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then Moogie... He keeps accidentally having morals and realizing, yeah. damn it! Yeah, Moogie, Ram, and Nog don't want to be good Ferengi. And, it's, and then there's you know, Brunt. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So, He's you know. the most Ferengi. Yeah. So it really, it, it TNG, uh, TNG, DS9 sort of does for the Ferengi what TND did for Klingons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree with that. But yeah, in all three cases, it was like we took a culture and we either expanded upon it, or in the case of the Ferengi, fucking fixed it, and then expanded upon it. I love that. Caitlin or Jake? Arm wrestle. Um, right I, now. I guess I go. Uh, I kind of want, I kind of want to see them arm wrestle. Come on, let's arm wrestle. I don't want to arm wrestle. Come on. <laughs> no, no, we'll do that later. We'll film it and we'll post it, uh, for Predator. Yeah, the arm clasp. And I'll be like, Dylan, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Alright, let me think. I'm gonna call an audible here. Oh, do it. I don't wanna I don't wanna because I, I, I kinda was gonna say the same thing that Chris said about the Ferengi. <laughs> um, no reason not you to. Can we do can do it again. Yeah, it's true. But I'll, I'll I'll mention them anyway, yeah. But the Ferengi yeah, I, most not because I love the Ferengi, but I think that they they do fix the horrible like I, I think there's there's an interview with Armin Shimmerman once where he basically said that his pork performance is an apology for, Good for him. his performance in The Last Outpost. I love you, Armin. Which, which, yeah, sounds sounds about right. So, okay, so given that, though, let me think. Let me try to think of another one I can swap in there. But I'll, I'll, so Are you I'll, taking Ferengi out? Well, I don't know. We'll think. We'll okay, see. Okay, if I well, think of somebody else while I'm talking, then maybe. Green. I'm going to say the Wormhole Aliens. Good. Good one. Um, and I include both the prophets and the paw wraiths in that, uh, since I think that they're. I assume I'm assuming they're the same species. Yeah, they're, they're more of a of a philosophical schism than yeah. an actual. Yeah, it, it always drives me a little bit crazy that paw wraiths isn't spelled the same way that paw is. P a g h. When mm. paw wraiths, it's just p a h, mm. and it drives Sons me nuts. Huh. How dare they? So yeah, I don't know because I, I think that they're given. I don't know. They're they're, they're godlike. They're mysterious. 
They're anti-linear. Yeah, and I think I just think there's a lot of cool stuff there. They're dick bags. <laughs> they are dick bags. Big dick bags. Oh, so that gives them an almost like that sort of there's a, an almost classical Greek aspect to them. That like at the end of the day, yeah, they're gods, but they're also just petty bitches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like so much of I've always said that 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 like Greek religion makes more sense. Like, why does bad things happen to good people? Because the gods are assholes. Mm-hmm. Whereas with like you know. Abrahamic faith. It's, oh, God's unknowable plan. Which is like, well, that's just bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, why does his unknowable plan have to include me having garbage happen in my life? I'm going to say the changelings. Good, good. Sure. A whole bunch of dick bags. They're introduced in this show. And, yeah, they're dicks. The worst. But they're also, you know, to an extent, they're they're complex. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they, they have motivations, even if their motivations are shit sometimes. Well, I'd say that... Their motivations make sense. Their actions are shit. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I do. I do like them a lot. Um, and let's see. Throw out uh, whatever the fuck Morn is. Oh, Alurian. Yeah. There you go. Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, that's weirdly close to Elorian. Oh, Lurian. Oh, oh, oh. A. Yes. Lurian. He is a Lurian. I thought you were saying he was an Illorian. Nope. Nope. Um, Lurian. Yeah. And for no other reason than Morn. Morn. Yeah, fucking love Morn. <laughs> Morn's great. Yeah, no, he's great. I'm down. He has funny little hairs that Dax found weirdly attractive. Yeah, I think it's that animal magnetism that, that makes me drawn to the, the Morn species. <laughs> what about Caitlin? I'm going to say Tosk. The good, good, good he's choice. He's a Tosk. I thought about that very he hard. Tosk. Um, I am Tosk. But I'm Tosk. I'm going to say Cardassians. Nice. And I won't call this my third so much as a subgenre, but whatever weird species uh, Gul Dukat is creating by fucking his seed into a bunch of Bajorans. Oh, so Bajoran Cardassian hybrids. Yes. Most That's of interesting. Which, most of which are related to Gul Dukat. Yeah, Gul Dukat is the only, the only one. Probably not. I mean, they all had pleasure women and shit. We saw that. So. It's probably plenty of them, but we 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 meet two of D- Ducats. Yes, and I think I'm also gonna say the Vorta. Nice, just because because I was torn. Like I wanted to say the Trill because we learned so much more about the Trill. But at the other day, I feel it's like true. most of the Trill are douchebags. Yeah, still we learned about them. It turns out they're yeah. awful. But like, the worst. We, but we really did. We got to learn a lot, and we got to see a lot of them. And like also you know, a major retcon. Yeah, to well, the TNG version. Yeah. But I don't know if they necessarily made them better. Yeah. Every episode in which they tried to expand upon the trill, they did nothing but contradict other things about the trill. Yeah. It's well, a mess. The, the one, trill are a fucking mess. The one thing that was consistent, though, every time we learned more about them, we learned they were huge assholes. Yeah, I think what we found is that, like, there's, like, the Dax symbiont is an all right, is all right, is an all right person. Sometimes. Seems like an all right dude. More often the than not. For the most part. Not so much Joran. Well, that's because Joran, like, the thing is, it's o- the symbiont is only as good as the person it ends up in. Yeah. And it turns out that, like, yeah, like, Jadzia was pretty good. Curzon sounds like he was He's okay. A, he was a very mixed bag, yeah. we'll call him. Ezri seems like a good person. But then we look at anybody else in Trill society, whether it be the bozos that are, like, at the... In, in, Implantation Institute or whatever, yeah. or Ezri's entire family. Oh yeah, wow. Yeah, they're, they all suck. they're all just miserable pieces of shit. Like or I that see. guy that tried to steal Dax yeah. at that time. Yeah. No, really. Like it's like I, I feel like you know whenever we talk about what assholes the Vulcans are, it's like yeah, but look at the trail. It's a good point. <laughs> the Vulcans are great. 
But yeah, the show did did a lot with them too. Again, unfortunately, it was revealed they are the worst. <laughs> yeah, and also we have no idea what we're writing. We had no plan. Every one of our writers is doing their own thing. It does make a weird sort of sense. It's like if you've got this this resource, for lack of a better term, that a lot of people want. Resort. Well, not resource, but a the the, the, the symbiote. The sort of people want this. Because like, I'm sure, you know, it's very sought after because there is this kind of semi-immortality yeah. to it. That, like, a lot of people want it. They've only got so many, so they create this whole lie that, oh, a very, very small segment of the population can be joined, and it turns out to be a lot more. Oh, a very, very small segment of the population. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get him in a short trick if they ever bring those back. Yay. I would love if they brought short tricks back. Oh, yeah, those are fun. But, yeah couple other honorable mentions here. Uh, the Jem'Hadar are a lot of fun. Yep. Just this this race of warriors that are they're, that are effectively slaves. Yep. Driven by their addiction that has been forced upon them. Yep. I find them very interesting. And uh, as you pointed out at the time, Jake, well, you, I forget if we made it explicit, but I remember when we first saw the Tosk episode, you sort of hinted at like, oh, this feels like an early draft Jem'Hadar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot yeah. of his abilities and such. The Dosai, specifically because they had great fucking makeup. Which one were they? They were the ones with, like, the red faces that was making the Tulaberry wine deal oh, spark. I almost, I was going to bring them up as sort of a joke. But yes. I, I, I thought their makeup was great. Oh, makeup was great. We just don't really know enough about them to... What, what the, was it? The Scalarans or whatever? The Screeans? The Screeans. Screeans. The, the, the ones with their... Uh, with flaky their heads? Flaky, oh, yes. oh, that makeup. It was so well done, but so repulsive. Yeah, it was real gross. The, uh, of course... Gotta mention the move along home oh, assholes. The body. I put, I they have a name. Put, okay, good. I did put them on my list because I imagined we wouldn't we, like we would have so much overlap that we were not going to be able to fill the full grid. Mm. Uh, so I was like, I need a couple spare races for whatever we need. Oh, what boy. about the people that have the quickening? What was their name? I keep wanting to call them Vidians, but that's not them. Did they <laughs> have like obviously the ones who were ill had makeup? Know but they did they are... have a look or were they just people? They were mostly uh, just people. I didn't think. Didn't they have? I thought they. Some kind of nose something or forehead thing. Forehead thing. Stripey, stripey bits. It's it's been a while, so I don't really remember. But didn't they have like almost like a lightning bolt effect on their? I I thought that was just the ones that had the disease, but I'm not positive. Like I know when they got the disease, they got like nasty lines all over their face or something. Lesions. Lesions. Right. The disease, but they hadn't quickened yet. Oh yes, yes. Nestle's quickened. (laughs) Oh, you, you, uh, Caitlin suggested. He clearly did not make her list, but uh, whatever Vic Fontaine is, He's or a hologram. sentient hologram, so that's true. Him and Moriarty, and arguably at this point the EMH. What do you mean arguably? He's sentient, right? The EMH, yeah, and indubitably, He's yeah. the most sentient. They just haven't. I, I just feel like they haven't had the explicit discussion yet. But I think since day one he was sentient. Mm. The Alasians, like oh god, I've lost her name. The, the girl with in, in the wheelchair that Malora. Julie... Oh. Malora. Malora Pazler. Yep. That Julie wanted to bone. <sighs> but is she the only one of them that we see? Yes. But, but that doesn't matter. She, no, but why, why, she does... why, why are they a top race? Just they are a race? Well, they're yes. kind of an interesting oh. race, too, though. Like, they're weird, like... Yeah. But they live in, like, low, extremely low gravity. Yeah. Fact, like... They're going to be like, the fact that they're made out of the, the bottom half is a wheelchair... <laughs> No, but, but, uh, the evolved yeah. wheels. Some kind of weird human car hybrid. I mean, what's not great about that? <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a problem. It's, I think, the only time so far, still, that Trek has, you know, had like, yeah, no, we've, we've got a, we've got a race here that 
doesn't fit into the 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 gravity the the median sort of environment we have up until this point the most notable difference we had were the benzites who needed their vapes mm-hmm. but like aside from that everyone conveniently yeah like this gravity's fine this air, air is fine everything's fine whereas in reality or reality but you think there would be a bit more like you'd need some people who like yeah like again they can't deal with this gravity. Why isn't there a re- species walking around that, like, actually, we kind of need suits to walk around your ships? Or, alternately, it's like, oh, this ship <laughs> is crewed entirely by this one species because they need to breathe sulfur. They're still part of the Federation. They're still a Starfleet, but literally no one else is on their ship because it would Very be bad. <sighs> That's even actually, I mean, they don't address this, but that is one thing that they do in um, Mass Effect is... Well, don't the Volas always wear their suits? Because they yeah, the, actually, I forgot about them. Yes, but there's no main character. But they, yeah, there's a species called the Volas who we only ever see in special pressure suits. Because oh, are you thinking of um, what's his name? Erdnot no. Rex. Oh, no. but I'll get to it. But yeah, so the Volas need like pressure suits because mm-hmm. they can't exist in the like atmospheric pressure that everyone else does. But it's also brought up that like the Turians and the Limblims. Quarian, the Turians and the Quarians both have a different type of DNA sequence. And so they can they breathe the same air, the gravity's fine, but they can't eat human food and vice versa because it's poisonous to one another. And even something simple like that, I feel like, doesn't even really come up in Trek. Like, sometimes there's dietary restrictions. Vulcans mm. are generally vegetarian, but... But was that guy in Allegiance that couldn't eat the, the pucks when they were oh, yeah. in that little prison yeah. cell? Right, 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 yeah. The but yeah... <laughs> I, 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 as a matter of principle, I don't eat uh, urinal cakes. <laughs> That's fair. But yeah, so it was, it's rare to see Trek actually address that. And, you know. Yeah, you'd think it would also be coming up more in New Trek since they have more ways that they can go like CGI stuff and build shit. Yeah, more money to build anything, really. I feel like in Enterprise, when we see the, that aquatic race, that's going to come up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, we barely see the, the aquatic Zindis. Yeah. Sure. They, we barely see them. Though. What? Look, well, because they're CG. And yeah, they, 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 live in a, they live in an aquarium. Yeah. Oh, like uh, Kirk and Spock did in uh, the Ambergris element. <laughs> yes. Or a guild navigator. Right. <laughs> yeah. Neat. All cool. Right. We're closing the book on Deep Space Nine. We have left. No more of that. Uh, we do have more shit for next week, though. Next week, we're doing more Voyager. Shocking. Voyager. So next week, episodes are going to be Repentance and Prophecy. Make sure you're following along with that, because well, we're... Titles certainly feel like they go together, even, you know, we'll see the episodes. I just feel like Repentance, Prophecy, they're all semi-religious kind of things. Sure. Uh, they don't go together, but okay. Damn! Uh, they're, they're both one-offs, so... Yeah, so we'll watch those next week, and we'll let you know how they go. Maybe we'll watch Back to the Future at some point. Maybe Ooh. we'll watch Gattaca at some point. Ooh. You definitely want to be following this channel for all of the fun stuff we're going to do. Uh, you should also be following our blog, where all these pictures of all our favorite races are going to be up with some Stark. That is over at sshpodcast.com, or just search the Tumblr, or just click the links, or just do the things. Uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter, like you do-ish. That's all from me this week. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. Jake. And as always, Chris. And as the Ferengi say, a good lie is easier to believe than the truth. Good line. But is it a rule of acquisition, I wonder? She didn't say. It's just one of their sayings. They just say it sometimes. Mm. You know what else they say? (laughs) 